Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. I'm going to read a few verses there from chapter 1. And uh, while you're turning there, uh, let me just say, uh, please take one of our prayer cards uh, out on our display table. And uh, it's, they're updated prayer cards. And uh, we'd uh, really covet your prayers as you continue to pray for us there in Nigeria, that God will continue to use us there to, to reap the harvest. And so I hope you'll do that. And uh, all right. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 says, Now the word of the, of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And we'll skip down to verse 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, let me ask you a question. Was it God's will for Jonah to go to Nineveh, yes or no? Yes, it was. Uh, did Jonah go to Nineveh? Yes, he did, <laughs> eventually. Uh, but at first he didn't go, did he? And uh, so Jonah ran away from the will of God at first. And so that's what I want to preach about this morning. Don't run from the will of God. Don't run from the will of God. And let's have a word of prayer before we continue. Father in heaven, we again we thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, for this time we have to emphasize getting out the gospel into all the world and, and financing the Great Commission. And so, Father, I pray now you'll bless this time and that we have this short time we have together this morning. I pray, Lord, that you'll send the Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts this morning from your word. May we be strengthened and edified from, from your word. And may we be challenged and convicted to make decisions for you this morning. And Father, I pray you'll have your will in our life. And in this service, we'll give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So God said to Jonah, Arise, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city I want you to Preach to them, I want you to preach against their sin, preach against their wickedness, and cry against it. So Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. But Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. You see, they were, they were Gentiles. They were heathen, idol worshippers. And Jonah had no desire to go there. In fact, uh, the Ninevites were the enemies of Israel, and Jonah wanted God to destroy them. And so Jonah didn't go. He ran from the will of God. He ran from the presence of the Lord, the Bible says. And he did not go to the place where God told him to go. So what happened to Jonah? Well, uh, he went to Tarshish, which was about as far as you can go in the opposite direction. And he thought he could run from the presence of the Lord. Now, that's kind of foolish. You can't run from the presence of the Lord, can you? doesn't matter where you go. God's going to be there, Right. And, but Jonah, you know, that's kind of how we think, you know, when we get away from God. We think we're hiding and running from God, but God's always right there. He sees everything. He knows everything we think. And Jonah ran 
from the presence of the Lord. And God did two things. He prepared, number one, a great storm or a great wind and put that in Jonah's path. And, and uh, you know, sometimes God has to bring some storms into our life, doesn't he? To get our attention because we're not in the will of God. And that's what he did with Jonah. And he brought some troubles and difficulties in, into, into his life. He brought a storm. And number two, he brought a great fish or a whale to swallow up Jonah. And the Bible says he was there in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. And that whale represents the place of hardship and suffering from being out of the will of God. And uh, so uh, he was there for three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. And uh, by the way, don't, don't you hate it when the liberals try to explain away these stories in the Bible. Uh, Jonah was one of their favorites. They liked to pick on him. And, uh, oh, he wasn't really swallowed by a whale. You ever heard that before? And uh, so th- there was a little girl that attended Sunday school in a church like this. And, and, uh, but she went to a public school. And during the, the week, she was in art class. And she was drawing a picture of Jonah in the belly of the whale. And her art teacher came by. She saw what she was doing. And, and she was not a believer. She was an atheist. And uh, so she saw the picture. And she said to the girl, said, you know, honey, uh, that probably really didn't happen. Uh, Jonah, you know, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human being and survive. And so that probably really didn't happen. And uh, so the girl said, well, you know, um, maybe when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah if he was really in the belly of the whale. And so the teacher didn't really like that too well. So she said, well, you know, maybe Jonah didn't go to heaven. Maybe, maybe he went to hell. And the girl said, well, in that case, you can ask him. But uh, anyway... Uh, <clears throat> She really didn't like that. And, uh, but listen, you know, when the Bible says Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days and three nights, I'm going to believe what the Bible says. Amen? I don't care what they say. And Jesus also confirmed that, that that was a picture or a type of his death, burial, and resurrection being three days and three nights in the, in the grave. And so I believe what the Bible says. But anyway, the, the point is, it did not go well for Jonah when he ran away from the will of God, didn't it? Now, God did give Jonah a second chance. You know, praise the Lord for that. And Jonah did eventually go to Nineveh, and he did preach to them. And the Bible says the whole city repented in sackcloth and ashes. One of the greatest revivals in the history of the world. And, but still, Jonah did not have a very good attitude about it, did he? And, uh, but it just, it, this whole book shows us the great heart of God, how that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? And so it did not go well for Jonah while he was running from the will of God. Now, there's another story in the book of Ruth. I want you to turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 1. And here we have a family who lived in uh, Israel. You know, I believe they were, that was the, God's will, where they were supposed to be. And if you look in the, the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So here's this family who's leaving Israel, leaving the will of God, going to Moab, and his name is Elimelech, his wife is named Naomi, their two sons, Malon and Chilion, left Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, same place where Jesus was born, right? And uh, so they left Bethlehem, they left the house of bread, they left the will of God. Uh, there's no place here that they, where they prayed about it or God told them to leave. But you see, there was a famine in the land, right? 
And, uh, you know, sometimes in the will of God, famines will come. Troubles and, hard, and tr- difficulties might, might come being in the will of God. And you know what happens? Uh, uh, sometimes in the will of God, we, uh, we get weary of well-doing. And we start looking for greener pastures, right? And uh, that's the picture of what happened here. They left uh, Bethlehem of Judea and they went to Moab, which was a heathen country. In fact, God told them not to have anything to do with the Moabites. But they went there, they sojourned in Moab, and they were there for ten years, the Bible says. And while they were there, their two sons married two Moabite women. And uh, also during that ten years, the husband, Elimelech, dies. And then the two sons also die. And now here's Naomi, a widow with two daughter-in-laws who were widows. Uh, two Moabite daughter-in-laws. And so she decides, well, you know what? It's time to go back to Bethlehem. That was a good decision that she made there. And uh, so she goes back to Bethlehem. She, the, one of the daughter-in-laws stays there with her people. The other one, Ruth, says, you know, Naomi, I'm going to go with you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. You know, wonderful uh, testimony there. And so they go back to Bethlehem. And, and if you look down in verse 19, chapter 1, uh, it tells us what happened when they came back to Bethlehem. Verse 19 says, uh, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. That means bitter. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Now, notice what she says in the next verse here. Verse 21 says, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again, empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Did you hear what she said? She said, I went out full, and I came back again empty. You see, that's what happens when you leave the will of God. You always go out full. You always come back empty. And uh, now you might go out into the world and you might become successful as far as the world counts success. But on the inside, you'll be empty. Spiritually, on the inside, you'll you'll be empty. And uh, you'll go out full and you'll come back empty. And so here we have these two examples in the Old Testament here. Uh, how people ran from the will of God, got out of the will of God, and it did not go well for them. You have the example of Jonah who failed to go to the place where God told him to go. You have the example of Naomi who failed to stay in the place where God wanted them to stay. But in both cases, they got out of the will of God, and it did not go well for them. And so that's the, uh, the title of my message, Don't Run from the Will of God. It never goes well when you get out of the will of God. Amen? Now, I've had a lot of people uh, tell me, uh, ask me, you know, being a missionary for 28 years and a pastor, uh, Brother Maskey, how can we know the will of God? How can we understand the will of God? I just don't understand the will of God for my life. Well, I've looked in the Bible and found out you know, what the Bible has to say about the will of God. And I want to give you several facts this morning about the will of God. Number one, here's the first one. First fact about the will of God. There is... A will of God for every person. How many of you know that? There's a will of God for your life. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen? Amen. And so there is a will of God for every person. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17 
says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're commanded to understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen? That means there is a will of God for your life. Amen? And it's not wise, it's it's foolish not to understand God's will for your life. And so how can you know the will of God? Okay, number two. Number two, doing the will of God is more important. Are you listening? Is more important than anything else in your life. Doing the will of God. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. 1 John 2, 17 says, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen? So the Bible says you have two choices here. You can go out into the world and live for the world and do what you want to do and live your life the way you want to live it. But in the end, what's going to happen? It's going to pass away, right? You're going to have nothing. Or the Bible says you can do the will of God and he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Whatever you're doing in the will of God is going to be forever. Amen? So, that shows us the supreme importance of doing the will of God. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, doing the will of God is more important than anything else in this life. Number three, and I hope you're listening, it says, uh, um, this is the, the third point, to do God's will. To do God's will, you must give up your own will. Amen? You, you can't have it both ways. You can't do your will and God's will. Okay? Uh, to, so to do God's will, you must give up your own will. Now, even the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had to make that decision. And uh, if you look in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 42, Jesus is there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. And in just a few hours... He's going to be arrested. He's going to be put on trial. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be nailed to the cross. And God's going to lay on him the iniquity of us all. And he's going to die for our sins. And he's going to be buried for three days and three nights. And he's going to rise again from the dead. And so he's facing that. And he's there in Luke chapter 22 verse 42. Here he is praying. He says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. And then he says this, and then he prays this, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm so glad he made that decision, amen? Now, if Jesus, the Son of God, had to pray that prayer and and make that decision, how much more do we need to make that decision, amen? So, to do the will of God, we have to what? We have to give up our own will. All right, let's go to the fourth one. Now, by the way, that's not an easy decision to make, is it? You know, the flesh doesn't want to do that. The flesh says, oh, no, you don't want to do the will of God. That's, that's not going to be fun. Uh, you might have to go somewhere you don't want to go. You might have to do something you don't want to do. And uh, the flesh is not interested in doing the will of God. I, I remember struggling with that as a teenager. And, you know, I was saved as a... I shared this in the earlier services. I was saved as a 10-year-old bus kid back in Mansfield, Ohio, the Mansfield Baptist Temple, and uh, uh, grew up there in the church. And 
um, <clears throat> rode the bus to church every Sunday till I was 18. And uh, my wife was one of the bus workers that came by to visit me, and her dad was one of the bus drivers. And that's how we met, by the way. I was her bus kid. She married her bus kid. And, uh, and, uh, but when I became a teenager, uh, that little still small voice began to speak to my heart and say, what about the will of God for your life? Have you surrendered to the will of God? And I struggled with that for a long time. I did not, I, uh, the flesh said, you don't want to do that. <laughs> it's not going to, you might have to go to some place like, you know, Africa, you know. So I didn't for many years. I struggled with it. And even after I graduated from high school, I, I, I felt that God was maybe wanting me to go to Christian college, but I didn't go. I just kind of did a few jobs, what I, kind of doing what I wanted to do, make some money, you know. And, uh, and I was, you know, still faithful to church, paying my tithes, giving money to Faith Promise, and, and uh, sang in the choir. And, uh, but it just seemed like something was not right in my Christian life. Didn't have any peace, didn't have the joy, the victory I, I knew that I should have. And I knew why. It's because I was holding back from the will of God. Finally, and when I was about 22 years old, I came down the aisle during the invitation one Sunday. And uh, knelt at the altar and said, Lord, I, I'm tired of doing it my way. Uh, I want to do it your way, not my will. Thy will be done. And then God led me to go to Bible college. Surrendered to preach, surrendered to the mission field, met my wife there. We, well, I, I didn't meet her there. We started dating when we went there. But uh, we got married, and God led us to go to Nigeria, West Africa. And God opened the door for us to go there. We've been there now for the last 28 years. Got the door still wide open. And I can stand here to, this morning and testify that being in the will of God is the best place you can be. Amen? Amen. It's the most exciting place you can be. It's the most satisfying place place that you can be is in the will of God. Amen. So don't run from the will of God. Amen. It's the best place you can be. And but to do God's will, you have to give up your own will. You have to make that decision. It's not an easy decision to make. Amen. All right. Let me give you some more points about the will of God. Uh, Where does the will of God begin? Well, this verse in John chapter six, verse 40 tells us where the will of God begins for everybody. All right, John chapter 6, verse 40, Jesus says this, he says, And this is the will of him that sent me. This is the will of God, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up again at the last day. So Jesus says the will of God begins when you look to Christ, and you see him on the cross of Calvary as he's paying for your sins, he's dying in your place, and you... Put your trust in Him and you receive Him as your Savior. And when the Bible says when you do that, you receive everlasting life. Amen? Amen. Your name's written down in the book of life and one day you're going to raise from the dead. Amen? And so that's where the will of God begins for everyone. Now let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, Can you remember a time and a place where you did that? Where you realized you were a sinner. You looked to Jesus. You saw him dying for your sins. You put your faith in him. You received him as your Savior. I remember that day. That was uh, October 7th, 1970. Ten, a week after my 10th birthday. And uh, now you, you may not remember the exact date. But there ought to be a time and a place. Amen? Where you settled that. Amen? Now if you're here today and you don't remember, you don't, you don't know that. Uh, you know what the will of God is for you right now, today? 
to come and get saved. Amen? It's God's will for you right now. The Bible says, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen? So that's where the will of God begins for everybody. Then let's, uh, what else does the Bible say about the will of God? Okay, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Many of you know this verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, that means he's talking to believers. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? Will of God. So, the next thing we need to understand about the will of God is that after we're saved, we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, to give our life as a living sacrifice unto God. God says it's just reasonable that you do that. It's your reasonable service. Amen? Why is that? Well, because Jesus gave his life for you, so you can go to heaven. Amen? And it's just reasonable that you give your life to him and serve him and be not conformed to this world. It is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God to be different than the world, and a great change begins to take place in your life, and you begin to serve the Lord and live for Him and follow Him. Are you doing that? Have you made that decision? Have you offered your body as a living sacrifice? It's the will of God for every believer. All right, what else does the Bible say about the will of God? Okay, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. These are verses in the Bible that are very plain. And tell us what the will of, of the Lord is. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Alright? So the next thing we need to understand about the will of God is that after we're saved, uh, God wants your life to be cleaned up. How many of you know that? God wants you, uh, God wants you after we're saved, to live... Uh, a godly, separated, clean life, a holy life. Verse 7 says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And uh, uh, it's the will of God that we do that. Now, it's getting harder and harder to do that in this world we live in. I mean, we're, we're surrounded by evil and wickedness, aren't we? I mean, it's right at our fingertips. And if you're not careful... You'll be caught up in uncleanness. And there's uncleanness in your life. And you'll find yourself not being in the will of God. And, uh, uh, but thank, thank the Lord, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can get back in the will of God, amen? Is there uncleanness? Are we in the will of God? All right, let's go on. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. says this, In everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen? Next thing we need to understand about the will of God is that God wants us to have a grateful heart. He wants us to be thankful for what He has given us, for what He has done in our life. Let me ask you, have you thanked God today? The Bible says that's the will of God for your life right now. In everything give thanks. 
for this is the will of God. You know, too many times we, we look around and we dwell on the negative. I mean, have you seen the price of gas lately? Have you seen the price of everything lately? And if you're not careful, you know, we'll start complaining and, and murmuring and having a bad attitude. And then, and then there's bitterness in our life. And God hates that when we're not thankful. And some of us are not in the will of God because we're not grateful. We're not thankful. David said many times in the book of Psalms, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. And then he says, Let the redeemed of the earth say so. Amen? He said, Bless the Lord and forget not all His benefits. He goes on to name those benefits. He says, He forgiveth all thine iniquities. He healeth all thy diseases. He redeemeth thy life from destruction. He satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Amen? We have a lot to be thankful for. And the Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Again, some of us are not in the will of God because we're not thankful. We haven't given thanks to God like we should. All right? Um, Let me give you one more thing about the will of God uh, this morning. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 34. Now, in, the, in John chapter 4, we have the story of the woman at the well. How many of you remember the story of the woman at the well? And uh, Jesus is there on the... He's, he's, he's tired. He's resting on the, uh, the Jacob's well. And he, a Samaritan woman comes with her water pots. And Jesus asks her for a drink of water. And the woman says, how can you, being a Jew, ask me, a woman of Samaria, uh, for that? I mean, you know that the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus says, well, if you knew who was asking you to give, you, uh, to give him a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she says, I'd like to have some of that. And so Jesus told her how she could have it, amen? And uh, she did get, I believe she got saved there. And, of course, Jesus had to deal with her sin, uh, at first, because she, she said, uh, he said, uh, you know, you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with is not your husband. And she said, well, I think you're a prophet, aren't you? And uh, then she says, well, I know that if, when Messiah comes, he's going to tell us all the things we need to know. And Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. And so she put her faith in Christ that day. She went back to her village. She told everybody she knew. She says, come see a man. Who told me all things I've ever did, I've ever done? Now she, being a woman, she kind of exaggerated a little bit, you know. Uh, anyway, but men exaggerate too sometimes. But anyway, so but the Bible says almost the whole village came. I'm I'm in trouble now. I'm a, uh, the Bible says the whole village came out, met Christ, and many of them believed on Him, and uh, that's a, that's a great uh, soul-winning story there. Amen. She got saved, she went and told everybody she knew, and, they, and, brought, and introduced them to Jesus. That's what we ought to do, amen? But in the meantime, here's the disciples. They were out buying food in the village. They came back, they saw Jesus talking to this woman. They were surprised. They had the food. And so in John chapter 4, uh, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Master, eat, you need to eat. Jesus says there's some things that are more important than food, amen? Look at verse 34. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Did you hear that? To do God's will. 
and to finish his work. And then he says, Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. So the next thing we need to understand about the will of God is that it's God's will for us to lift up our eyes. Look on the fields. He's not talking about corn or wheat fields, okay? He's talking about the lost and dying that's all around us. The lost souls that are all around us. The lost souls that are there in Nigeria, that are there in Japan. And one of these countries that represented by these flags. To lift up our eyes. To uh, look beyond ourselves. And look beyond the cares of this life. And get out of our comfort zones and get out there and reach the lost for Christ. To go into all the world and preach the gospel to who? To every creature. Amen? That's the will of the Lord for every one of us today. That's why we're having Missions Emphasis Sunday. That's why we have missionaries. That's why we send them out and and we have faith promise so we can send them out. So we can reach the world for Christ. It's the will of the Lord. Amen? That we do that. And I hope today that you'll consider that. As you fill out those faith promise cards. But let me tell you this. Not just in countries like Nigeria. Definitely there's a harvest there. But I want to tell you this. There's a harvest right here. In Oregon. Amen. They're they're all around us. I was out uh, in Maryland. A few months ago. And um, at a church there. We were out uh, on Saturday going door to door soul winning. In Maryland. And they warned me in advance. They said, Brother Maskey, uh, you're probably not going to have a lot of results. But if you just give out as many tracts as you could, invite people to that, you'll be doing good. Okay? So we're just going to go out and see what, you know, what happens. And so with fear and trembling, I went to the first door, knocked on the first house. And a lady comes to the door. And I gave her a track, invited her to church, and asked her if she was going to church. She said, no, I don't have a church I'm really going to right now. I'd like to invite you to our church. I said, well, maybe I'll come and visit. I, you know, I need to find a good church. And uh, I said, that's good. Well, you know, more important than going to church is knowing that you're going to heaven. And let me ask you, uh, are, do you plan to go to heaven? Oh, yes, yes, I, I'd like to go to heaven. But do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? She said, well, no, I'm not really sure. But I said, well... What if I can show you from the Bible God's promise that no matter what happens, when you die, you go to heaven. Wouldn't you like to know that? He said, oh, yes, I would love to know that. And so I took the Bible, gave her the plan of salvation, went through all that, and and invited her to pray and receive Christ. And uh, she happily trusted Christ as her Savior that day. And uh, we, uh, we went on our way rejoicing after that. Went to the very next house. Knocked on the door. Teenage boy answers the door. And I said, we're from the Baptist church here, and, and uh, we just want to invite you to our church. He said, oh, I am a Baptist. I go to a Baptist church. There's another one. And uh, I said, oh, that's good. Okay, so you're probably already saved, aren't you? He said, well, no, I've never been saved. So oh, you haven't. Uh, well, do you plan to get saved someday? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get saved someday. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I can take the Bible right now and show you God's promise, how you can know for sure when you die you go to heaven. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to know that? He said, I'd love to know that. And so I led him to Christ that day. And by that time, we were ready to shout, amen? And uh, now, they'd already warned us, you're not going to get, but the first two houses we went to, amen? You see, you just don't know how the Holy Spirit is working in somebody's life, amen? There is a harvest. We just have to lift up our eyes, amen? We have to see that harvest and reach those people for Christ. And God 
By the way, uh, there are people you can reach, nobody else can reach. Amen? And God's uh, uh, called us uh, to lift up our eyes and reach all we can for the Lord Jesus. Now, that, that's the will of God as it applies to all of us. And there's also a will of God that applies just for you. Amen? There's a place where God wants you to go or there's maybe a place where God wants you to stay. Like uh, Naomi or a place to go like Jonah. Uh, but what, are you, what is your decision? Will you run from the will of God? Will you stay in the will of God? If God says, I want you to go there, will you go? If God says, I want you to stay here, will you stay? There is a will of God. And you know, uh, doing the will of God is the best thing you can do. Amen? So let's, let's not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's live the rest of our time doing the will of God. Because he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen? And it usually doesn't go well when we run from the will of God. When we're out of the will of God. Let's be sure that we understand the will of God. And that we do the will of God. Amen? And I I want to emphasize that this morning. And we're going to give an invitation this morning. And let's, uh, let's bow our heads for prayer. Let's close our eyes. Bow our heads for prayer. And uh, I always tell our people in Nigeria, you know, when you come to church, you hear the preaching, and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart from the message. You know, you, you always need to respond to that. And that's why we have an invitation. And uh, this morning, if God spoke to your heart about the will of God today, about what you can do to reach the gospel, reach the world with the gospel, I'd like us to stand to our feet with our heads bowed. Our eyes closed. The altar is open as the music begins to play. What about your life today? Are you letting God have his way in your life right now? What about the will of God for your life? Will you, will you let him have his way? Will you respond? Thank you, Brother Maskey. I really do appreciate that. As the piano's playing, what we want to do at this time is invite everyone forward that would like to drop their card off in the globe. Some have already come. But I think this would be great as a church if we just got behind this and said, you know what, let's see what God would have us to do. So this time, if you'll come forward as the piano plays, many have already come. And just say, you know what, I'm going to put my uh, paper in the thing. You can just pull it apart like that and put the one in. I'm going to go and do mine in just a second for my wife and I. Let me encourage you to come forward as God uh, prompts your heart. And uh, this time we can come forward and get ready to give back to God through Missions Emphasis Day. We can't go everywhere, but we can send people who can. So God can use your gift. What has God put on your heart today? Let me encourage you to maybe come forward as the music plays. Maybe you're thinking, what what could I do? It's not much. Maybe it's a teenager. Maybe it's a young adult. You say, I don't make a lot, but I can give something. Maybe God has blessed you more. And you say, you know what? This would be a great opportunity to give to men and women of God who, who have dedicated their heart to reaching people for Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone here this morning while you're still thinking about that who would say, you know what, what Brother Maskey said this morning about inviting Jesus Christ in our heart, I I need to do that. I've never done that. 
And maybe God's touched your heart this morning. Our pastors are down here. They'd love to pray with you. If you'd like to come forward and get that settled in your heart. Maybe there are some that need to take that next step of baptism or maybe joining the church. I'd encourage you to come down. We'd love to talk to you about that. But as God's working in your heart, may I encourage you to respond to him. You'll be glad you did. It will be life-changing. And I I believe you'll be able to change a life with just a little bit if you'll follow God's prompting this morning. God bless you. you. may be seated. Let's thank Brother Maskey this morning for the message. What a blessing that was and encouragement. Uh, very practical, but I, I really believe if we all do our part and get closer to God on a daily basis and keep following His will, He's going to do some amazing things for our life. We'll look back one day and say, wow, only God could have done that. And what a blessing, what a great truth, and how we connected all those dots there in Scripture. What a blessing that was. At this time, we're going to um, show a little video that will show a little bit about some upcoming events. And then I also want to encourage you to be back here tonight. We'll be here, Brother Morgan, uh, preach to us and then share his video, share a little bit about what God's put on their heart for Japan. Hope you'll uh, uh, think about coming back tonight. I-, I promise you, you'll be glad you did. Let's watch the video here. joining us today for Missions Emphasis Day. We hope this morning's sermon with missionary Dave Maskey was a blessing to you. Join us back here tonight at five for a special sermon from missionary Brendan Morgan. Teenagers, don't miss the overtime teen activity tonight following the service. We will meet for s'mores and games and the activity will end around 7.30 p.m. We're looking forward to our Trunk or Treat Sunday on October 30th at 5 p.m. Uh, This is going to be a wonderful time for the families of our church to be able to come and just have a great time uh, with different trunks and games that are able to be played. This is also a great opportunity to invite someone uh, maybe that hasn't been to our church before uh, to come visit and to see our church and to be able to be a part of this Trunk or Treat Sunday. Thank you so much to those who have already signed up. We still have a few spots available if you'd like to also sign up as well. And for those uh, who have brought candy, we're able to use that and also able to buy some candy as well. Uh, We are so excited about this event. I wanted to mention as well, we are doing a giveaway with this event. We're able to give away a grocery card. Uh, We have a fire pit to give away. Uh, We have a Cabela's camp chair to give away. It's just going to be an amazing event, October 30th at 5 p.m. We have Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and the school is here to help with your dessert needs. Grandview Christian Academy has started a fundraiser selling pastries and cookie dough. The students have already begun raising money for this fundraiser and will continue to do so until November 30th. 
All the proceeds for this fundraiser are being put towards the Mutchler Family Center. We have great prizes for the students to earn based off their sales, so make sure you're getting your holiday desserts from GVCA students. For questions or more information, go to GrandviewAcademy.com. On November 6th, we're having a very special day for seniors here at Grandview Baptist Church. We are calling it Grandparents Day. And not that everyone 55 years of age and older is a grandparent, we understand that. But by calling it that, we are looking to invite our friends that we know have grandchildren and invite them to come. After the 11 o'clock service, we're having a meal for every senior in our church. We're going to have a wonderful meal together. Also on that day, we're asking our grandparents to invite their grandchildren. Any grandchildren that come on that day who have a grandparent in the service is going to get a special gift given by the church to that grandchild. So we'll give it to you, and you can give it to your grandchildren just because you and them are in church on the same day. It's going to be a wonderful time, and I trust that you'll be a part of that November the 6th. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you, and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon, and we'll see you tonight at 5. Just want to remind you about Trunk or Treat. Thank you so much for those who brought that candies in. I encourage you to continue to bring candy in and sign up for your trunk. I believe I heard on there where several gift cards were given away. Uh, use that as an opportunity to invite people to come, and that will be a great, great time. Don't forget to come back here tonight. And guests, please know we're glad you're here. I hope we can meet you there in the lobby here in a few minutes. You are dismissed. <laughs>